Welcome to Accounting Insider. I'm Andrew Montessi with Kim Nitschke. Now, Kim, it's been interesting times here in Adelaide. We've had massive storms. They're calling it, what, one in 50 years or something like that? Who knows? The government and whoever else and the Bureau is throwing around all these sort of stats about this massive storm that we've had in this little city. But the, the major impact was power. So all of South Australia completely blacked out for how long was it? Three days. Not, not the whole state. Well, pockets were. Pockets were. Mm. But the whole state itself, I reckon, was blacked out for at least, it was about eight hours, I think. That was everyone. And then gradually powers started coming on. But this was during the week from early afternoon, I was walking down Rundle Mall, which is one of Adelaide's main shopping thoroughfares, when everything, <laughs> everything just shut down. Alarms started sounding, people were screaming. It was like Armageddon. I, was, I called Hannah and I said, get in the bunker, grab the canned food. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't really. But Kim, interested into how you responded and uh, what we can learn from a business perspective from this whole issue. Okay. So let's just go back a couple of steps and work out why this all happened. Um, this goes back to the 80s. Um, the... The local bank for the state was run by some cowboys. This is all my opinion, okay? <laughs> <laughs> this is a state bank. This is the state bank. And these guys just... Um, their whole lending policy just was out of control. They were lending money. A number of my customers were borrowing not millions, but tens of millions of dollars. And they never had any likelihood of ever paying it back. I've got one client who bought a block of land in the city. He paid $20 million for it. it was, it's incredible. And so they, the, the bank was just writing out these checks, left, right and centre. And then all of a sudden we had the stock market crash. Mm-hmm. Worldwide, global meltdown. Similar to the one that we've just had um, uh, in 2008. But this is back in the 80s and really there weren't any tight lending policies enforced by ASIC or the government back then. It was just a free-for-all. So these guys got out of control and then there was a day of reckoning. And when at the end of the wash-up, I'll, I'll cut straight to the chase here, mm-hmm. they were, the bank was lent, left with a debt of $1 billion. Nice. So all the guys got fired... I was actually involved. I was at PricewaterhouseCoopers at the time. I, I, our job was to come in and mop up the bank disaster. It was, it, was a, it was a massive impact on the state. But everyone who was an accountant was called in and asked to... We had to separate the good debt from the bad debt. Now, it was all bad debt, basically. There was a handful of good debt. But all the bad debt was lumped up and, and basically... Um, renegotiated as a deal for $1 billion for the, and the government had to step in and, and pick up that bill. Now, the ramifications were that the government was happy to pay that debt and it, and it serviced the interest on it for a period of probably 20 years and then we had a Liberal government come in, thought they were doing the right thing and they thought, let's sell our power network off. So they put it on the market, sold it for a $1 billion to a Chinese investor. 
And at the time, everyone thought that's fine. No one read the fine print. And we are paying for that dearly now. What, what we've seen, this is my opinion, but um, power prices for everyone in Adelaide have doubled. That's only the start of it. But the infrastructure that the Chinese have introduced has been a profit mindset. So they only fix things when they're broken. They run things on the smell of an oily rag. It's not like the government used to do it where they didn't really care what it cost. Mm. It was just reliability and... Um, making sure that it never went down. So what we've got now is we've had one lightning strike on Wednesday afternoon. It sent this power system, power system that was teetering on um, collapse anyway into meltdown and the system, the, the whole state has been in chaos for... Well, you're, originally on the Wednesday when it went down at 3.36, um, it, it was out for eight hours... But there's parts of the state that have actually been down for three days. Well, it's, it's simply unheard of for the entire state to be shut down. And, you know, power is just such an integral part of modern day life. It's incredible. Yeah, in this era, it's, it's amazing because, as I said, it happened. I was working here at the office in the city um, and you go, yeah, no worries. I've got, you know, I can survive off my phone or whatever. And then you go, oh, crap, my battery's running low. How am I going to charge it? Oh, I'll go on my MacBook. Oh, yeah, MacBook's running low. What am I going to do? We're so reliant on, our, on electricity for everything and you realise it when you lose power. Yes, so <sighs> auctioning off our power system in hindsight was... We are going to be paying for it. Our generation is paying for it. Everyone's complaining about power prices now. Everyone's trying to go solar, but it's limited. Um, residential housing has... Um, power bills have increased, but not to the same extent that business power has. Business power is out of control. You know, it's, it's become one of the biggest costs of running a business now. Even for just keeping some fluoros on and running computers and a couple of heaters in the office... It's a phenomenal expense now, right? And this is my theory, is it's all ending up in the pockets of these Chinese investors overseas, right? Um, the government now in, in the state is getting in a heap of trouble over all of this, right? Um, a lot of finger pointing. Yeah, there is, there is. And so now everyone is thinking about, well, what do we do? You know, are we going to be beholden to these Chinese guys for the rest of our life or are we going to go off the grid? So I want to talk a bit more about that, but can we just go back to the Wednesday afternoon when it happened and what, what the actual... This is your show, mate. You well, can, let, you can take it wherever back, you want. I think it's quite interesting. Let's just go back to my office at 3.36 when the phone went down, yeah. when, the, when the power went down. So I was on the phone to a client, as I normally am, mm. and I said to him, I said, uh, like, so the, the lights flashed a couple of times. There's a massive bolt of lightning that we all heard across the town. And the lights flickered for a while and then they just cut out. And I said to my buddy who was driving his car, I said, and he was at Port Adelaide, so he's about 20 k's away. I said, have you lost power? Because I thought it might have just been our street and often it's just local. He said, I have. He said, but <laughs> I've just arrived at my office, he said. And he said, the lights are down in the office, but he said, I'm in the car, so my lights are still working. <laughs> I'm thinking, of course they would be. <laughs> <laughs> It's just quite amusing that he said that. So it's 3.36. We're sitting in our office. Everyone comes into my office and they said, what do we do? 
I had a generator, but it's at the farm. So we've got no backup at the office. My initial reaction was, we've got to keep working because we've got hundreds and hundreds of dollars as an hourly rate across a number of staff. Mm. It's cost us thousands of dollars an hour to shut down. So I had a brainwave. I said, right, we, we're still in that process of going paperless. We are paperless, but we've still got some um, minute books. Well, I guess they're company records books that we've got. We want to give back to clients, but we charge them for it every year. So every now and then when we're trying to give them back, they go, well, if you give me this back, I don't want to pay that ongoing fee to you. So we are going to um, house them for the clients because they still make us a lot of money but they're no longer required. So we're moving them to another office premises, um, which is next door to our building. Mm. So I said to the girls, um, right, let's relocate the minute books next door. And the manager said, well, Kim, look outside, it's raining. And they're all wearing high heels. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably not gonna work, dumb idea. Next idea was, um, well, I didn't really have any other ideas. I'm thinking, well, everyone can go home or it might come on in five minutes Do we hang around. And I said, look, let's just have staff drinks. <laughs> so, we got, so we got the drinks out and we sat around in my office and we started drinking. But drinks aren't, you know, drinking for the sake of it. We're talking business. We're talking about what's happening. Mm. It, it's really work, but there's alcohol involved. Mm. And you can talk about... It's almost like a bit of an informal staff meeting. Yeah, it's an informal staff meeting. It's a bonding session. It's a chance to bring up stuff that is on people's minds. Mm. And a lot of amazing stuff comes up at those sort of sessions. But anyway, that was our fallback option. Mm. Then we're into the drinks. I think it was probably 40 minutes into the drinks. So I was on my second scotch. (laughs) And I got a text from my wife saying that the school had shut down. And I'm thinking that I've got another uh, three quarters of an hour before I need to pick up my son from school. And my wife has texted me saying that the school's shut down and all the kids are standing outside with the teacher. Can you please get around to the school as quickly as you can? Now, I just need to understand the logistics of this. So I had to finish off my scotch, grab what I needed for the night, jump in the car and head off to the other side of town. But all the stoplights in the city are down. The roads are chaos. Mm. It's, it's only effectively half an hour from when the city's gone into no power. The police haven't got a chance to man the intersections, so it's a free-for-all everyone on the roads. And what you learn in those situations is that main arterial roads out of the city are just a stream of traffic, and cutting across is a case of playing chicken with the cars that are coming towards you and trying to get across as best you can. So I had to get across town in this gridlocked, um, slow-moving mess. It was just a disaster. I had to think on my feet, work out what routes through side streets I could get to where I was trying to get. Um, in hindsight, it would have just been so much easier to go straight home, but I, I managed to get there. It took me a while. Um, a 15-minute trip took 45 minutes. Once I got my son, I knew we were fine, and then we headed off home. But it was—it was—it seemed like the mindset was, "This is the end of the world." Yeah. As I said, I was in the city, and no one could get out of the city. Um, my mum had been working; she was trying to get out of the car park. It took—we ended up having to get a bus because the car park was banked up to the roof. No one could actually get out of the car park. 
Um, it was like a scene from The Walking Dead in the Adelaide CBD. There's just sort of, instead of zombies, it was just Adelaide people just wandering around aimlessly, trying to get on buses, uh, cops directing pedestrians and cars driving, trying to get through. It was just, it was insane. So how did you get home? I ended up getting a bus. Uh, it took me two hours to get home. Oh. So not, that wasn't the whole bus trip. That was just trying to identify the best way home, trying to work out whether I was going to get a lift with mum. That wasn't going to work. Managing to track down a bus. And then out, out through north, it was actually pretty clear. But all up, it took two hours just to work out what on earth was going on. Um, but crazy. Okay, so carrying on that night, we got home. I had the generator at home. Now, I bought this generator on Gumtree. Everything comes back to Gumtree. It all comes back to Gumtree. I, I now, I hate paying too much. You know me. Yeah. That's what makes me a good accountant. <laughs> I bought it six months ago off Gumtree. It was a 20-year-old generator, a Honda, a massive thing, 2KVA, mm. right, which is very big, really heavy, but built to last forever. And it's one of those things that probably has had only been run five or six times in its 20-year life. So I bought this thing, 400 bucks it cost me, this guy, and it was in the shed at home and I thought, I've never actually started up. When I bought it, I made sure that it worked. I got the guy, the old bloke, who was a uh, pensioner to plug in the drill and just run the drill, just to make sure that it worked. Mm. But got it home, we started it up, filled it up with petrol. It ran like a charm. We had lights going in the house. We had the toasty toaster making um, toasted cheese sandwiches for the kids. We had the internet going. We had we, the, the kids managed to uh, get the big screen TV running off it. We had Foxtel. It was amazing. The Beautiful. kids were all sitting around saying, this is the best night of the year, Dad. We're having a ball. <laughs> so that worked really well. Then I got the dreaded phone call from the tenant. Oh, no. Now, remember the automatic sliding doors? In the event of a fire, they are designed to open, which is great. So no one gets burnt. Everyone gets out of the building. However, the power goes off. They open up. Come five o'clock, everyone wants to go home. They're still open. Mm. What do you do? So this is your... What property is this? This is my commercial property. Yep. Um, I've got a not-for-profit tenant who pays great rent, but they expect, they expect a really... Um, they expect their doors to shut at the end of the day? They expect their doors to shut at five o'clock, <laughs> whether the power's on or the power's off. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So they are saying to me, Kim, we have got highly confidential documents in that building. The doors are open. Um, this is basically your fault. If someone, a burglar, was to ransack the building, get in there, get those fires, uh, files, it would be the end of them. This is what they're explaining to me over the phone. I'm thinking, great, this is just a phone call I need. <laughs> but this is, this is, I'm trying to explain, this is not my fault. This is a one in 50 year storm. So once she'd calmed down, um, someone was up there at the premises and they managed to physically push the doors together. They weren't locked, they were open. The security system was still on, but it was a short-term solution. Not a phone call that you'd like to receive. Mm. So next day? Next day, power came on 11 o'clock. 
We'd just all jumped into bed, turned the generator off, lights came on. It was on, the power was on for about eight hours, which was good. Um, and actually it was on for longer than that. It was on, it went on and it went off exactly 24 hours later. So we went to work, great. Um, we were fine, we had a normal day at the office. However, in the regional areas, a couple of hotel clients, they were still without power. They rang me and they said, we're, we're, um, we can't operate. They said, we're looking at getting a generator. All the generators in Adelaide have been rented out. There's nothing left. And I said, well, look, I happen to know a guy who specialises in that. Let me make one phone call. One phone call later, had an 80 kVA generator available for rent. The hotelier made the mistake of, like, the power flashed back on. So he said, I don't need the generator. sorted? He said, I'm all sorted. However, little did he know that an hour or two later, the power was off again. Mm. So he should have taken the generator. He was talking to me as though he needs to buy a generator. It was going to cost $6,000 for the little one, the 23 kVA, or 16000 for the 100 kVA. I'm thinking, I said to him, you are treating this money like it's monopoly. Mm. Just rent. It's a you know, short-term phenomenon. Mm. Just get yourself out of this little spot of bother and save your pennies for later. He couldn't see that. His mindset was, I don't want to spend any money renting. He said it's dead money. Anyway, I don't think he'd made the right decision. I haven't spoken to him today to find out what's happening, but that was the call mm. that he made. Okay. So you're back on at the office? Is that right? We're back on at the office. The generator is now at the office on the ready. I've got all the extension cables, the power boards, everything ready to roll. We're ready to flick the switch if it goes down again. Okay. So reflecting on all of this, um, doesn't matter where you're listening from, Adelaide or otherwise, disasters are going to happen. It's just a fact of life. Floods, storms, fires seems to be happening more and more. And there's obviously the human cost, but talking about business, which is what we do, there's a huge financial cost if your business is effectively wiped out when some sort of disaster hits. So learning from this, Kim, what some of your findings? So my findings are that you just always need to be prepared. It's like the backups at the office. It's a pain in the neck, I know, but you've got to automate it and have them always ready and make sure that you do regular checks like every two or three months to make sure that all your important files are ready. Just cl- You've got to take time out. It's like the fire systems. You know how you're constantly in fire systems and they're doing fi- in buildings and they're doing drills? It's the same thing with backups, right? You've got to shut your system down for that half a day and restore it from a backup and see what files have actually been backed up. It's the same with this power thing. I think this is going to happen a lot more often. So you need a system that's going to run your office for eight hours Right, so you go out and you buy the generator. You buy it when no one else is buying. It doesn't matter what it is. Get the good brand, the one that's 20 years old, the one that you can count on, the reliable one. Don't buy these cheap imported ones that you can use them once and throw them away. Get the reliable quality ones. Make sure you've got petrol to run the generator or diesel, whatever. Or have a backup system, a UPS. Right, All of these things are just so important. Like the other example is, okay, I've got the generator 
and I've got the cables and the power boards. I can run our computer system, I can run the internet, I can run our server. However, we just worked out yesterday, we don't have lights. <laughs> so, so my next task is actually going to be sourcing um, LED lights that stand up on stands so that the office can all be lit up mm. in time of the next outage. Mm. Right? But it's a case of um, taking time out of your day too to just make sure that you're um, – all your backup systems like – I mean, this is domestic, but it applies in business as well. You know, your batteries are charged for your phones. You've got um, you, you've got um, cooking facilities that are going to run if the power goes down, like your gas bottle. Like I, I overheard on the phone yesterday that someone wasn't able to cook their dinner because the gas bottle was empty. Now, you know, if you're organised and you just take the time out every so often just to make sure that those backup systems are all in place and on the ready – um, your life will be so much easier in these situations. Mm. The standard time for battery backups is four hours, but go to eight, go to 12, go to as many as you can, pay the money and have that insurance policy there ready to be activated at the flick of a switch. As a business owner, should you write this plan down and have all, the, all your staff on board so that everyone knows what to do when Absolutely. disaster Absolutely, it needs to be documented. So, I mean, I'm out of the office now, Morgan said, as I was walking out of the office yesterday, um, you know, if you're not here, how do I start the generator? <laughs> I thought, okay, we need a system in place for that, mm. right? We need to mark all the cables, do a map of how it all gets laid out, the whole grid, right? So that it's turnkey, she can do it when mm. I'm not there. So if I'm on holidays, it's not dependent on me. Mm. And as we're getting um, more mobile ready in our office, I'm going to be out of the office a lot more. So they need to have the systems in place. It could all be also be, you know, thinking of going cloud-based mm. because that is the one thing I noticed and that is the shining light in this disaster is Telstra, the phone network and the internet, you know, over the mobile network. It was bulletproof. It, we were still able to communicate with people with texts and make phone calls. Bizarre. Everything else was shut down. Their systems are amazing, right? So that sort of suggested to me that in this situation, um, the power of operating on the mobile network is more robust than operating on the landline. Oh, mate. So it's funny, funny you said that. So when – I forgot to mention that when the power went out, I was in the process of transferring my phone plan – from Telstra to Vodafone no. while this was happening, right? And so we're having uh, SIM card activation problems. Power goes out, so no Wi-Fi. My phone is completely out. I had no idea what I was going to do. Luckily, Vodafone managed to activate it just after um, all the issues occurred. But, mate, the Vodafone network is not like Telstra. So I barely had any communication throughout that whole period. But the, I did manage in the afternoon to keep – because Wi-Fi was out. The, as you said, the mobile network's huge because we were able to – in our office, one of the guys uh, set up his phone to tether. Okay. So we were using mobile data and we are able to work on our laptops by tethering, so using his data from his phone and connecting it to our laptops. You look confused. No, no, I, I like that. The, the <laughs> thought that's come to mind is um, – the other thing that you notice in these situations is that the laptops will just power on through this. Yeah. You know, so you're saying that. I'm thinking that's a really good point because the desktops 
are useless mm. unless you've got the generator. But the, the laptops operating on the mobile network, you could operate on that all day. Yeah. Especially if you were cloud. And the, I mean, I don't know much about the other brands, but MacBooks have awesome battery power. So when I'm, when I'm in the office, I always keep my laptop fully charged. So I know that if the power goes out, I get at least a full day of solid work out of my laptop. And that would be working on my laptop non-stop. I'd probably have a day and a night minimum. So it's a, it's a good point. Mm. Okay, anything else, Kim, before we wind up? I guess just to finish up, it's, you know, it's common sense, but don't panic. You know, like when you're in that situation with the, the, the traffic, just be cool, be calm. Um, everything's going to be all right. And also enjoy the moment too. Like, you know, night one at home with the generator, that was great. Night two was probably even better. We had the fire going, we had the candles. Mm. You know, I was sitting there with my son on the couch. It was just a great time. Like, so always make the most out of whatever situation you're in. It can still be fun. Mm. You can still make the most of it. Or you can have the opposite mindset where you just whinge and complain. There's no hot water. We can't have a hot breakfast. We're on cornflakes. If you, if you have that mindset that this is actually, you know, the variety is the spice of life. And in those situations, just embrace it and enjoy it. Life will be so much more enjoyable. There was 1.1 million people in South Australia actually having a conversation when the power was out, which is quite rare. When you wipe Ex- out electronics, people can actually talk. Exactly. Thanks for listening to Accounting Insider. Make sure you visit the website. It's accountinginsider.net. We'll talk soon.